0: Um, So, I think most people that are in the audience right now are already kind of pretty familiar with who you are, but could you just give us like a kind of short intro, who you are, what you do, um, who is Rico? Um, Short intro, let's
1: see. Uh, I am a multidisciplinary artist. I'm from Maryland on the east coast of the United States. I made whiskers nft i was the artist there um now we have some other artists working with us which is really really quite phenomenal um i am a photographer musician artist uh, across like several mediums and i don't know i like a lot of stuff i guess i, I, I don't know just perpetually interested in things
0: um I love that perpetually interested in things I think that's probably a great way to describe a a lot of us but but definitely applies to you um and I feel like a lot of people especially now kind of know you as like the founder of whiskers and stuff but as you mentioned you are kind of like this multidisciplinary artist and I I was just kind of curious like what what medium came first or was it kind of you were always kind of doing a bunch of different things or was there one artistic medium that you kind of got hit with and stuck to first Ooh, um, I think
1: I think it would probably have to be just like traditional drawing or whatever. Um, I really I really like just like doodling a lot ever since I was young. When I was like a little kid. I would draw like these little comics and stuff, like stick like figures, and and they were like I reread them like a few months ago because I just found one of them, and I I remember them being so much better than they were. They are so terrible, but <laughs> but, but like you know that's that's just how it goes. Um, so it's probably probably started with just drawing in general. I was really into graffiti for a while in like high school and stuff. And then I started making music, um, during like my senior year, like junior year of high school too. And then photography came pretty soon after that. But yeah,
0: definitely started with like regular art. Um, and I love well. that you mentioned graffiti too. Cause I feel like uh, a lot of people do get started with graffiti in some way, way, shape or form. Like I think it's a, uh an art form that kind of transitions a lot of people into the art world more than i think we realize too oh yeah
1: absolutely i I would totally agree with that um definitely does not get its flowers enough i think uh just as a form of art and in general
0: yeah i think there's there's such a bad rap when it comes to graffiti because of the way it is kind of criminalized but i think uh that, that kind of art style, especially doing these it's people that do kind of bigger, like, large-form drawings and paintings on walls like that is, like, super <laughs> impressive. And, like, I've always had, like, a pretty genuine respect for people that, that do get started with art in that sort of way. So that's cool. Yeah, I feel that. I'm right there with you. I
1: definitely think there's, like, a big difference between, like, the kid who writes, like, fuck you on a wall and the kid who, like,
0: writes his name in, like, a really amazing way or something. You know what I'm saying? But. Yeah. Yeah, the people that can stylize their tags in a way that's, like, yeah. instantly recognizable, like, is, is really crazy. Because there's a few here in my, like, hometown that, like, I love when they put up a new tag somewhere because I feel like it really adds to the space rather than just being some, like, random piece of writing on a wall. So Yeah, I totally feel that. I, I definitely used to be, like... Like, whenever I'd
1: see something new around where I lived, I'd be like, ah, he was there the other day, or, like, they were over there, like, I see
2: you. Right. like, how
1: are you getting to these places, too? Like, like I don't saying, understand. You gotta have some, like, serious dedication and some degree
0: of, like, risk of your life <laughs> <laughs> for some of those things. Yeah, it's it's definitely a pretty wild medium, but... um. I think my first like introduction to you was actually like as a film photographer. So, and I shoot a lot of film myself too. And so kind of curious, like what necessarily draws you to film instead of like, you know, rising film costs is, is kind of crazy right now. And yeah. I think there's just a lot of weird stuff happening in the film community in that way. But like what kind of draws you to using film as a medium for your photography instead of doing like digital or other stuff like that?
1: Um. Well, I started off on digital, but, <laughs> Somewhere along the line, I started shooting on film. I I I think I started off. I found at this local, like volunteer boutique shop. Um, I found this camera called a Ricoh, actually a Ricoh Singlex TLS, and I bought that because so I was just like, all right, I've been taking photos for a while. Like, let's try this out. This could be fun. And then I uh, I ended up liking film a lot better for a couple of reasons. Um, the main one was probably that like whenever i would shoot digital i could never like i I would definitely be the dude to like shoot a photo look at it shoot a photo look at it like so much to the point where it was like obsessive and it it was like i i never really felt like i got anything done it was almost like stressful for me to take photos because i'd constantly want to see how they looked out and i have to turn it and make it look right or whatever 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 i'd get so caught up in the end product that i wouldn't really enjoy the process as much um and so with film you know You obviously, like, can't see what you shoot to a degree. You know what I mean? You got to trust your abilities and, you know, do the best you can. And you can't look at it for, you know, at least, like, a little while if you develop it yourself or sometimes, like, a few days or a week or whatever if you send it out. So that was very cathartic for me because it always meant that I could just sort of, like, shoot and forget and I could just focus on the moment as opposed to, like, getting lost in the technicalities of it um so that was definitely very nice and the other reason was primarily because um and you know some people might think this is like a corny reason but i really think film kind of emulates like what it means to be a person um it's like it's a very imperfect medium and it doesn't strive to be as perfect as a lot of other things like it, it's funny because you'll see like a lot of people post like film photos and they'll even add like grain to it or like digital photos and they'll and add like grain to it and stuff but film photographers we would always you know we just try and get rid of like as much of the grain as possible and get rid of all the scratches and stuff we try and make it like perfect but not like not like outside of its medium perfect it was like we do we would i feel like i, I would shoot to the best of my ability and make it as clean as i can but I feel like the actual medium itself lends it to some degree of imperfection always, which I feel is really, really nice. Cause it's like you, it's like, it's like as a person, you can work on yourself your entire life. You become this really incredible person or not. And, you know, regardless, like it's like you're sculpting yourself and feel like film gives you kind of the same base as being born does, where you just have the opportunity to sort of like, Sculpt your work over time, over the process of like bettering your skills, but hey, I don't know. It gives you like the same base, I feel like, which I think is important. I don't know if that made any sense, but no, that was no, no, a little no. on a tangent there.
0: <laughs> no, I think that was absolutely perfect. Because I think, uh, especially for me, like film photography is definitely a big part of it. Is like the process of shooting, and so I love that you touched on how how like film made you kind of think about how you operated within your photography a little bit differently and I think that's like a I, I think it's valuable for everyone to shoot film for that reason because it does make you think so differently and you really kind of have to slow down and, and be more intentional and so I love that you you highlighted that and I also love that you kind of highlighted the human element of it too because I definitely think that that's something that gets lost a little bit, um, with, with digital photography. Uh, sometimes I think there's people that are really good at capturing this human element of life with digital photography, but I think film makes that really accessible to, to capture that element of it. So that's, that's really dope. And I'm, I'm glad that you, you love film because I think it's a, uh, it's a really important medium of, of photography. Um, are you currently working on like any kind of specific body of work with your photography or are you kind of just shooting around right now and and trying to find that specific body of work i
1: have like i I started this collection but i never really released it at all a while ago it's called castles in the sky um and it's just going to be like a rolling body of work that i add to it's basically like the home of all of my one of ones probably with the theme sort of just being like capturing the feelings of moments in my life i guess At least that's what it's intended to be. Maybe it'll change at some point. But I have like a ton of film just sitting here. Maybe not a ton. I have like 15 or 16 rolls of like 120 and 35 just kind of laying around that I've been meaning to send out to get developed. Because I used to develop and scan my stuff myself, but I'm pretty sure it's been long enough that my chemicals expired and I don't really want to chance that. So I think I'm just going to like send them out. I think I might actually
0: finally send them out tomorrow.
1: Maybe. Well,
0: I, I definitely hope you do. But uh, so you said you used to develop yourself. Um, did you did you like that process or was it kind of did it feel like a hassle to you to kind of have your hands on the whole process like that? I actually kind of preferred it. It was like it was definitely I
1: mean like it's a time investment, you know. So it's it becomes a little bit difficult depending on what your time availability looks like. Like now that I work on Whiskers kinda of like full time, I, I don't really I wouldn't have as much time to develop film or at least like not in mass or like shoot in mass, which is fine. But back then it was very nice. I'd usually just listen to like D and D podcasts or like music or something and just kind of like cool off for like 30, 40 minutes or whatever it took to develop like a couple rolls of film. So it was, it was actually pretty cathartic, but um, more than that, I just felt very nice to like get my hands on the process because then I knew if like, if anyone's going to mess it up, I'd rather it be me. You know, I, I'd be so pissed at the lab if they like ruined some of my photos, but if I ruined some of my photos, I'd be like,
0: damn, got to do better next time. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> no, hundred percent, hundred percent. Cause I I've definitely done a little bit of developing myself too. And I think like being hands-on, like you are saying in that, in that way, like kind of really makes it feel like this really traditional art form. Um, when you're, when you're hands on the whole experience and the whole time. So, um, and I think it, uh, it definitely, I don't know about you, but it bonds me to my photos a little bit more when I go through that whole process with them. Um, oh, absolutely. and it's, uh, it's definitely a, a super cool experience, but, um, so like you said, you, you got your hands on a lot of different things. I know you make music too. Uh, you posted this, this beat you made a couple of days ago or over the weekend, I think that, that I really loved. I was listening to it earlier, but, um, like, how would you kind of define the music that you make and like what are some of your influences when it comes to to making music oh god um i guess i make like i tell people i make like boom
1: nap a lot of the time time which is like boom bap i guess but just like sleepier (laughs) i make like jazz hop or like lo-fi beats or whatever which i guess is what people call it now but yeah i definitely came up off like listening to a lot of like old school hip hop and stuff. I-, I was really heavy on SoundCloud back in like 2015 where like a lot of the lo fi people sort of came from and came up from. I'm still friends with a bunch of them too. I just totally need to like finish collabs that are like five years old. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, I-, I, I just kind of, I guess I'm influenced mostly by like artists like Dilla, like Nujibase. um There's this, one producer with the same birthday as me in Japan called Bug Seed. I absolutely love his beats. Uh, my homie Leaf Beach in Texas makes some amazing stuff. Um, I don't know. There's there's definitely like a lot of people uh, beat wise that I really I really really like like old beat wise. Anyway, um, I could probably go on for days about that. I'd just start like racking off random ass names nobody's ever heard of.
0: But <laughs> well, you I know love I mean? it. No, I love it. And I and I love that you kind of listed off some homies in there too because I feel like um that's like a pretty important part that i think I, we overlook as artists sometimes is that it's really awesome to be influenced by people that you are, are friends with and like work directly with um and i feel like that's when a lot of like the best art gets made is when you and your buddies are kind of bouncing influence off each other and just using that to create new and fun stuff
1: well dude absolutely like i i used to talk to this one dude um on soundcloud named beside zion and I don't know if anyone's ever heard of him, but he like goes by less people now and he just makes these beautiful, beautiful songs. He's like, just kills it at piano. And he just started making beats eventually and just started killing it and making beats. So I haven't talked to him in ages, but just like seeing it, like whenever I see like a, a new, like less people beat come out, I'm like, it's my boy. He's doing great. Like, <laughs> like I'm Let's always so happy.
0: Yeah. yeah. Always, always happy to see the homies putting out new stuff too. But, um, that, that's really dope, man. I, I think, uh, I don't know, like, I know Noel's here in the crowd. I feel like I always reference him when I host spaces, but I think it's really cool, too, that he does make a lot of music as well, and so I feel like it's a it's a good outlet uh, sometimes when you're working on a lot of, like, super traditional, like, uh, visual art stuff to kind of have that music outlet as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's really cool when, when artists are able to kind of weave a lot of different things in, into their processes, too. Um, yeah, absolutely. And then just trying to go through a little bit of all the different things you do I know that you're a little bit interested in programming and that sort of thing too um what like how did you kind of start getting into that I, I feel like it's uh for a lot of people it seems like this really scary and lofty thing to like try and start learning but what was that process like for you
1: I don't know I I, I always kind of like really like programming because I I guess in a way it's sort of just like another art form you know you're creating something to do that doesn't exist at least not really until you do it you know um when you look at like any body of work it's not going to be the same as any other body of work whenever you look at any body of code it's not going to be the same as any other body of code you know at least not for any like actual functional product really um at least like not you know anything someone actually spends time on you know what i mean but um i, I think i probably got started with that when i was like I like 11 or like 12 i, I just like really liked the idea of like making things and just i played a lot of video games and i wanted to learn how to make them i think at the time i think one of the first things i ever really made was like in c++ i think i coded blackjack or something and to this day i still love blackjack so i was really on to something back there i don't know if that was like a good thing or not though. that was definitely like an l for me i never should have coded that game bro i've been on a downhill spiral ever since no.
0: I'm not. no, no good, but like... We at, we at burrito Dow heavily heavily um we are we are big gamblers on this oh side. So god. we uh we that is uh, that's okay to to be into the blackjack. That's that's good, especially from the burrito boys. So Oh my god. Yeah, in NFTs like you know you got to you got to be at least some Yeah, guess. yeah. It's, I mean, it's like a little bit of gambling addiction, a little bit of addiction to just having, you know, fun with your friends, a little bit of addiction yeah. to good art, and yeah. all of that overlapping at the same time is this kind of just deadly, yeah, <laughs> deadly combo, man. Easy, man. For sure, <laughs> it's crazy. But, um, do you think that like programming is something that everyone should be like somewhat acquainted with? I feel like it's becoming increasingly important just in the modern world in general, but also especially within like Web three, like, uh like yeah do you think everyone should become acquainted with programming or do you think it's okay to like not really have a super great knowledge of it i think i think probably the most important thing any person can really learn
1: um there's like probably a few things you know besides like i guess like the average things you come up and you just kind of have to figure out if no one teaches you but like you got to learn how to like treat other people you got to learn kind of the different languages of the world um not like literal languages, but like you know the the underlying kind of ones. Like, like I don't know. I guess I guess what is under language, like people communicating, and you got to kind of learn how to like um, how would I phrase? It? You got you got to learn like concepts. So I don't think anything. I like I, I you don't necessarily need to go to like a class and learn how to code a web page, but I think it would be important to learn the concepts behind those things and why those things work because if you have the concepts, it's just sort of like syntax on something. Like I know what an apple is, you know, but I might not know how to say it in Spanish, but I still know what an apple is. So it's like, I I don't know. I feel like if you know the concepts, you can go a long way. Um, So I feel that about like a lot of things, especially like philosophy and like regular life shit, like what it means to have a job and like, your taxes and like what that really entails Like, I, I just think learning concepts about a lot of things is probably very important and i definitely think programming as a concept or like the things like a, a lot of concepts in programming specifically kind of reframe how you think about a lot of problems i think in that way it's very similar to art um for drawing you kind of to learn how to draw what you see you kind of have to disable imagining what you're seeing and draw what you're actually seeing so like reducing the world around you to like shape and form and line or whatever and i think programming is a bit similar you just have to reframe how you think about things um so how, like how would this connect to this and make it work in this way i think photography is kind of similar to like how would i
0: convey this emotion i think probably all artistic things kind of are i don't know no i, I love that <laughs> because it's like a lot of people tell code is like this thing that that's going to connect the world regardless of all these different barriers. And so I think, you know, it is one of those important things It's you, like you said, you, it's good to have a base knowledge and understanding about a lot of different things. Maybe you aren't an expert or maybe you can't even explain to someone how it works, but if you yourself can like understand that and, and use that as a base knowledge when thinking about other things too, I, I think it, it definitely goes a long way code and programming is becoming increasingly more important. So it's, it's something I'm, Still kind of scared to dive into, but definitely interested in, in learning more about, you know.
1: For sure. Well, the one thing, good thing about code is, like, when you're learning it, you really can't, like, mess up. All you can do is just be like, damn it, why doesn't this work? You know, you're not going to, like, jump into coding, like, a smart contract for an exchange that holds, like, $40 million that accidentally rugs someone in, like, a week or something because you, you know, forgot a slash somewhere that's years down the line you don't have to worry about that right now all you got to worry about is like why doesn't this say hello world when i press enter (laughs) you know what
0: i mean like that's so real because that's like i i've done like code academy stuff and you're literally just writing a few lines of code and making it spit out some words and so it's like very low risk trying to learn so that's a good point Exactly,
1: man. You should totally learn if you want to.
0: I think it's a lot of fun to do too. Even if you're not like super fluent,
1: because it's all—it's like it's like you're building a piece of Legos, but you only have like half the instructions, and you're like, "Shit, where does this? <laughs> where does this go?" And then the only way you figure it out is by like just googling things over and over, or just mix and matching, or just trying until you like start to like really understand why things work and get like the foundation for it or whatever. And then you're like, Oh my God, all I got to do is like stack four right there. And then the whole
0: thing's just going to like fit together and make sense. That's really what it is. And I think that's so cool. I, I love that analogy. You, you've said like a couple analogies already that I'm like, damn, that was, that was real. Like, and that was like, like building a Lego set with only half the instructions. Like, damn, that, that's a, that's a crazy good analogy. I love that. Um, but yeah, thanks for, uh, it's kind of a lot to get through because you're into so many different things, but thanks for, for giving me a lot of like detailed answers on, on why all this stuff is important to you and like your process. So I really appreciate that. Um, but I, we got to talk about whiskers at some point, And like, I, I wanted to kind of ask, like, how do you balance everything? Like you, you do so many different things, but then you're working also on this, this project that has a lot of, you know, a lot of goals that you guys have set for yourselves, a lot of things that you're trying to do to kind of push the space forward. So how, How do you try and balance doing all these different things without burning yourself out on, on just doing things? Well, like my team members always, they kind of like yell at me. They're like, make sure like we have like
1: set work hours now. So I work like a 10 to six shift basically. And I just spend that whole time working on whiskers. And I, I usually end up working on whiskers like after that anyway, mostly just because like I want to, but they always like yell at me. They're like, make sure like, you know, you don't burn yourself out. And I think, I think, I was hesitant at first because, you know, I'm an artist. I hate having set hours. But like it really did start to make sense for me because like I I could sort of like mentally clock out from it a little bit, which means I would be able to like come back fully rejuvenated and ready to dive back in like consistently the next day. Um, And if if it's like something that's like always on my brain, like, oh, I should do that right now versus like, oh, I can do that like tomorrow morning before my meeting or whatever, um, then it's it it becomes like easier for me to deal with when it's sort of like sectioned out like that. So I don't know. It's, it's, it's definitely kind of like managing your time and like managing your like mental space. Like, like I can totally like, I can clock into work and be like full whiskers. And then if I need to, I can clock out and be like, all right, I'm going to watch this movie and go to bed. <laughs> you know what I mean? And just like be, be chill. Like I'm going to play smash bros for an hour and like just vibe, and then dive right back into it again tomorrow. Um, yeah.
0: No, I love having set hours because I think uh, especially when, when NFTs really took off, a lot of people were like adopting this grind set attitude that's just like really not healthy, like working around the clock, never sleeping, always trying to do something. And, and I think we all kind of realize like, what the hell are we doing? Like, why are we, why are we doing this to ourselves? And so I, I, I do kind of understand that having set work hours makes everything a little bit easier to kind of compartmentalize like that.
1: Mm-hmm. we also got it set up so like everyone can sort of like interplay we have like people across like different time zones and stuff now um especially our like main artist winnie which god i love her so much she's the best she, she she's like 12 hours ahead in like hong kong or something so i'll like wake up i'll get like the synopsis of the day she always stays up super late to like 2 a.m because that's like when she works best which works perfect for us so we'll, we'll we basically work like 24 7 because we'll like I'll clock out. She'll like finish stuff for the day. Like I'll wake up and she'll be like, "Here's what I finished. Is there anything else you need done before I go to bed?" I'll be like, "This, this, this," and then just the cycle repeats. You know what I mean? So it's we got a good workflow
0: going. I think because of this at so the set hours. it's cool. The Whiskers factory is running twenty four seven. That's crazy. <laughs> it really is though. That's awesome. Um, what like. I feel like we talked to a lot of founders on here but I'm always like kind of curious like what what's your experience like working with a project like whiskers like were there things that you that you did expect that were true um of like working on a project like this or were there some things that surprised you like what what's your experience been like working with whiskers oh it's
1: definitely it's definitely a bit of both like I mean you can like I I worked on letters with Vinny before I just helped him kind of you know like get everything done um like get the metadata all right like the actual mint process and stuff or whatever but so like i don't know i i had experience like starting a project but it's definitely very different um making a collection as opposed to a body of art which is kind of what i envisioned whiskers to be originally but i sort of wanted it to become more than that after that um which is like you know the whole essence of like why I, just grinding away at whiskers today like working on the card game and all these other like things that we have coming up um definitely the hardest part is you know like i i look at um sort of like nft mints at least for the most part um like i wouldn't look at vinnie's this way because this is literally like a body of work i wouldn't look at like uh damien Hurst currency is like this but um but most other nft startups are basically like fundraising for like you know a a startup like a tech startup or something you know what i mean like get this money what do we do with it blah 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 um and a lot of people like definitely myself included have like never had like large sums of money to deal with in mass so you have to like really like you know set like all right here's what i can do with this here's what i can't do with this very specific like you gotta really like set yourself up for like succeeding you gotta like have your business entity set up you know you gotta get people for your taxes like all the business boring side of things that are just really important to have especially because they sort of they they open your they take they take the weight off your shoulders so you can focus on the important things which are like you know growing the business creating something new like working on moving things forward those things are super super important but um i feel like not a lot of people look at it as like fundraising for a tech startup they look at it as like speculative art where they're trying to make money off of which is you know a valid thing to look at because that's sort of like i don't know you glance at it that's probably like what makes the most sense you know what i'm saying um well actually i feel like it doesn't actually make any sense but it was just like the general consensus like there's no reason we should you know like look at that picture of an ape and be like ah shit i'm gonna drop like two two hundred thousand dollars on that right now um but you know speculative assets that's, that's the way of the world right now or whatever um at least for nfts so, like, you definitely, like, I, I was prepared mentally for people being, like, like, oh, my God, like, the market's down or, or or like, the floor price isn't the same. But that stuff gets really, like, hard to deal with. And it's exhausting, man, like, mentally, especially, like, if if you aren't, like, the flavor of the month for more than a few days. Like, as soon as you aren't, like, making people money anymore, even if you, like, explicitly told them, like, don't buy this to try and make money off of it you know what i mean they still blame you for it um and that's a you know you bear some responsibility for that sure but it's also like like people will tell you who have no real stock in what you're doing or what you're trying to build they'll tell try and tell you how to get things done how to run your company or how to run your project or this is what you should do. This is what you should have done. Blah, 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 blah. You know, hindsight's twenty twenty. Like, everyone makes mistakes. There's obviously some things Whiskers could have done better. Um I'm aware of that. Uh But it's also, like, you know, I, I think a lot of those people don't necessarily realize that, you know, like, you know, the people like me and Winnie and Max and, like, all of us, we've just, we've invested, like, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of hours into this. Like, we're really, like, here working on this like as hard as we possibly can you know um so it's it's when people try and tell you how to run something and like do better and stuff it, you should definitely like pay attention to the things they say because you know every you you could be wrong you know what i'm saying but you shouldn't do it so much that it holds you back from getting anything done um it's very difficult i think being a project founder um and i think not a lot of people really like care beyond trying to make money off of you in this space which is a very sad thing i think because i think there's a lot of really amazing people in the space and a lot of really really cool stuff going on um a lot of people really trying to like make cool new things or like build brands and stuff and i think i think the main thing it sort of just comes down to is like a general impatience like it's definitely hard to see like oh my god i bought this for like you know like a thousand bucks and now it's worth like 10 or something and even if like it might end up being worth like ten thousand bucks in the future, like because people have been grinding all the whole time, you know, you can't really like know that. You know what I'm saying? So it's it definitely it's definitely like a difficult thing um, for people to kind of deal with. But it's on both sides. It's like difficult on both sides because like ah. I want all of you to be happy, but I also want to like make sure like the company will be around in two years. Because if the company's around in two years, there is so much more of a chance that you will be happy. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I don't know. It, 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 it almost feels like you're at
0: odds with people, but you're like you want the same thing. Yeah, no, I I love how you kind of ended that. You're like, we got to focus on longevity, but so many people are focused on short term, and it's hard to find that middle ground and be like. Look man like I'm trying over here I've got a lot of things I'm working on like just I, you bought in because you trust me and, like continue to give me that trust and I promise that I'm I'm organizing this in a way that you know for longevity and it's it's hard I think for a lot of people to see that because every day there's stuff that's you know rocketing for you know these short term big gains um and I think people get lost in like the dopamine of that and uh like, people are more excited by volatile, sketchy projects than they are of, like, projects that are actually building and trying to do long, long-term long things, and it's kind of crazy to see.
1: Absolutely, man. But, but it's the name of the game, I guess.
0: No, it, it is the name of the game, and, and like you said, you were saying, okay, I, I want to be around in two years and even longer than that. So it's like, the people that, that stick with you for that time are going to be overjoyed with what you guys are able to build in that time you know and and i love like at the beginning when you were kind of talking about how uh these nft projects are really just like startup funding for for brands and that's like how i explain to a lot of people too. nfts i'm like it's a it's a really great way for people with cool ideas to you know bootstrap funding from the community rather than having to go to these VCs and try and pitch this to VCs and all that sort of thing. Like you can kind of bootstrap a community and and allow yourself to build a brand in a completely different way than was available to us before. Um, And I think the more that people realize that we're building brands and not just a speculative asset, I think the better off a lot of these projects are going to be because people kind of view them for what they actually are, which they're always going to be some sort of speculative Mm -hmm. side to this just because of the way the nature of the space but i think uh the more that the like our focus shifts from speculative assets to like we're actually building brands that are going to be here for the long term once the focus shifts that way i think it's it's going to be game changing for for everyone involved yeah I'm, I'm
1: definitely in agreement with you there it's definitely like i don't know it's, it's also one of those things where relatively speaking the space is pretty new like i guess nfts really kind of got their i guess closest to mainstream that they've been like last year you know what i mean like that's such a short time span like tons of these projects and Man, not been yeah like it's 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 like a drop in the bucket for how long things have been around like yeah i think doodles is a really interesting example of like a team that i think could like is really really here to be around for a long time and i think a lot of that probably has to do with you know i forget what it is i think it might might have been poopy or something he was from um the cool or not the cool guys i'm sorry the crypto kitties team from way back like i was interested in like nfts probably back in like around 2017 like crypto kitty days and stuff and so there's not very many people i think that one gener- genuinely kind of understands like blockchain and technology, at least on like a conceptual level, like a solid conceptual level. Um, and there's not a lot of people who have really been around to sort of see the waves of reactions of things, you know? Um, so it, it's a lot of like kind of like people tripping over their own feet and stumbling and like bridging new ground and like dismantling the bridge and rebuilding it over and over and over again in the hopes of doing a better job, like just tech technologically or like project wise. So there's definitely going to be like, it's an area of very quick innovation. That's not really stifled by much. Um, so there's obviously going to just be a lot of, you know, crash and burn. So this can fly, you know what I mean? Um, just a lot of, things being discovered still being discovered still being created being recreated being iterated upon innovation like i i would be easily willing to bet that within like three years it is like a thousand times easier for someone to use like metamask and send me like i don't know like 10 usdc than it is right now in like three years it'll probably be as easy as like vemo or something like It almost kind of is but like ui wise and like getting people on board and showing them what your wallets are and stuff like that and having them not be scared of it like three years we're probably gonna be there probably even sooner honestly and boom mainstream then god knows what i don't know
0: (laughs) no totally and i I always tell people that i'm like one day it's gonna be super easy i don't even there's some people i don't even bother explaining it to now because i'm like you're you're not gonna take the time to like educate yourself or, or, you know, be educated by someone about it enough to use it frequently. And so I'm just kind of waiting for that super easy onboarding start mm-hmm. to like really get a lot more of my friends and people that I know into the space. So I love the way you put that. And I, I love the way that like when you're answering these questions, you, you always kind of defer to this long-term approach to, to the way you think about stuff. Um, and I think that's uh that's really awesome because I think so many people, like you said, get caught up in, in the short term of these, these kind of crazy market cycles and and being able to kind of look past all that and understand that there's so much that we haven't yet seen, or there's so much that we still have to learn. Like Mm -hmm. makes me even, I was already bullish on whiskers, but this makes me even more bullish because to have founders that think that way, um, is like, that's the one thing that I think sets apart good projects from great projects, you know? Um, and it just takes that that little shift in your mindset i think does so much for for brands and projects um and so it's really cool that um that you are so like just kind of you default to thinking that way is really awesome um I, I love that a lot but um kind of last question i wanted to ask you before we kind of open up the floor and let, let some people come up and say hey or, or ask you any more questions. Um, I just wanted to know if you have any advice for, for like new project founders or people that are trying to uh, to get their brand started, um, both with the current market conditions and just kind of in general. Like what what's your best advice for someone that wants to has this awesome idea and is you know still struggling to kind of get that idea out into the world?
1: Um, I probably have a few little pieces of advice. Uh, one. If you are not already a business entity and you intend to become one, um, get that set up like before you even mint, like way before. Uh, Also, to the best of your ability, like assume, you know, if you're going to mint out, like try and figure out exactly what your tax liability will be. Um, Probably convert all of your money immediately to like stable coins or even like fiat, like from the jump, just so you know exactly how much you'll have. And when tax season comes around, you'll know like at least like a pretty solid ballpark estimate of um, what you're going to have to pay for it. So you'll kind of know exactly what you have to work with um, in terms of like building your brand or whatever. I think those are very important things uh, to know as soon as possible. Um, Have a plan for if you don't mint out or you know, if things don't go how you want them to, but also have a plan for if they do. And they don't even have to be anything like super crazy or detailed. Just be like, all right, like, we're not minting out right now. Let's see if we can reframe this strategy and change the narrative. Because most of it, I feel like, is just sort of like, um, it, it's like a narrative thing. Is it like a story that people can kind of latch onto and grab onto and, you know, whatever, whatever that may be? Um, so I think those are definitely important things. Uh, don't neglect yourself um, if you have people working with you do not neglect the people working with you um, make sure everyone's comfortable happy and they feel like they're listened to and cared about because I think those are very important things to do um, if you have a disagreement with someone you work with make sure you hash that out immediately uh, even if it's just like like that's usually a lot of the time that can be really good you know what I mean like someone's like I don't think this is gonna work you got to be like alright here why i think it would work and if you're wrong you gotta admit when you're wrong and if you're right you gotta like stick to your guns you know what i'm saying like don't compromise just because someone else tells you something if it's something that you genuinely believe in but to the contrast of that don't be so stubborn that you're afraid to change how you view things or change what your plan is when given new updated or better information or a new perspective uh I don't know and kind of just you know have as much it's going to be stressful for sure but like have as much fun as you can like if you're if you're here you really want to build something like don't forget that like you're here because you really want to build something and like there was something there for you don't let you you lose that spark of yourself like don't burn yourself out kind of just you know make the make the best of it you know what I mean um and hopefully stick around for as long as you can I
0: love that I love all of that thank you for the the the, at the front, the very practical advice that I think a lot of people neglect and then, you know, don't forget to have fun. I think that's important. So um, dude, thank you so much for uh, for spending some time with us today. Um definitely want to open up the floor for like any questions too. So if you have a question for Rico or even just want to come up and say what's up, like definitely request. I'll get you up on stage. But Rico man, thank you so much. This was uh it was a joy to kind of learn some of the, you know, some some more stuff about you kind of more detailed about all the different mediums that you're involved with and like always just love chatting with you man so it's it's been a pleasure
1: for sure man thanks so much for having me you had uh, good questions too i appreciate you asking me about like my other artistic endeavors too because i i love art and i work hard
0: <laughs> yeah and like uh, i tried to start with like the least amount of whisker stuff possible because it's always like like, especially now, that's what people know you for. And, like, I feel like it's important for people to be able to talk about other stuff, too. So it's, like, you yes, you are the face of Whiskers. You're the founder and one of the main artists. But, like, you also do other shit, too. And, like, that's also really important. So uh, I wanted to try and highlight that as much as possible and then still get into the Whiskers stuff as well.
1: For sure, man. For sure. I definitely think it's uh important to be able to, like, do both. Like, be your own person. But also make sure that, you know... Like, obviously, like, I I run a company now, you know what I mean? Like, this is my, this is, like, my full focus. Like, I'm here for it, you know what I mean? I'm not, like, running out on a Tuesday to just spend my entire day, like, every Tuesday taking photos or something. If I planned for that and, like, worked on, like, a Saturday to, like, you know, account for that. That's different. you know what I'm saying? But you gotta, like, you gotta space out your life for your responsibilities.
0: You know what I mean? No, absolutely, absolutely. But what's up, Alu? Yo, what's up? I just wanted to say, first of all, great interview. This has been awesome to hear you talk and just, like, expand on your philosophies and life and creativity and things of that nature. Um, but I, I just wanted to know if you have a quick early memory of either something creative or something like the earliest creative memory or
2: something like that you could share.
1: Um, I don't have this memory i'm not sure if this counts but it might uh well first let me preface this by saying i didn't really listen to music at all until i was in like i don't know like sixth grade or something which is mad weird because i have like i have like almost like a year's worth of music on my
0: computer not even just totally relate to that totally (laughs) that it wasn't even till like high school honestly till i like really started
1: was a little hood of them in like high school i came up someone showed me like biggie smalls or like notorious big i was like This is my shit. I'm like a little suburban beige boy. I'm like, yes, I love this. I relate to this so hard. Anyway, not the point here. But um, I think probably my earliest one was. Uh, my mom told me she would tell me that when she'd walk past like street performers playing like jazz when I was like a baby, I'd be like in a stroller. She'd be like, "Yo, you would always start dancing and (laughs) and like it just like really grooving out to that." So I don't know if that counts. But I don't really think that counts. I was definitely doing I think that totally counts. So, like, I don't know, man. So, somewhere back then. I, I love to better hear answer that answer, too, back then. But
0: that's not. <laughs> Thank you for expanding. Absolutely. No. Anytime. Uh, I love that. I love that. I think, like, someone explaining a, a memory about you to you is, is just as much of a memory as actually, like, being able to recollect that yourself too, because that's still something that you did and an experience that you had, maybe you don't have the best recollection of it, but that's still a part of who you are. So I think it's important to acknowledge those things for sure. Thanks for the question, Alu. Um Anybody else has questions or wants to say what's up, feel free to request, but if not, we'll probably probably wrap this up here soon. Like I said already, thank you so much, Rico. This is, this is a blast, man. Uh, I really loved hearing you just talk a bunch about, like what Ollie said, talking a bunch about life and just expanding on, like, why you think about things certain ways and that sort of stuff is uh, is always awesome to hear. So. so we got bubble coming up. Woo. For you, Rico, oh, oh. is you practice a lot of different uh, forms of self-expression and have a lot of different creative outlets so I'm curious how you find balance in the different things that you do is it cycles where you're focusing in on a handful or is it something where you just do a little bit at a time like just a little bit about the balance of different creative outlets things
1: I definitely used to go through cycles like i'd I'd focus really hard on something for a week then I'd like switch from like photography this week to like programming this week to like drawing or like music the next week or whatever um i think i go through cycles less now and it's more like if i have the time to work on something i want to work on something that one i'll enjoy and two will benefit me most in in like the most immediate way so i find it a lot easier now like i do a lot of writing now obviously for like whisker score so not only do i one get something done productively i also like enjoy what i do um, same with drawing and stuff. So I've been focusing a little bit less on photography and music and a little bit more on writing and drawing because those are the things that I feel like are helping me the most immediately. But there, it's, it's like I love all of these things so much that if I ever like feel like like I never leave my house without a camera, you know, but I don't necessarily also have to like go out every day without, with the intention to shoot. Like, that's fine. Like, like some days, like I might really like feel like it's a Saturday morning. I'll be like, the light is hitting. Like I really want to go out and shoot that day. Totally. We'll let myself do that. Um, I I try and make it so for the things that require inspiration, it requires as little as possible and it is as immediately accessible for me to For instance, take a photo as possible, which is why I always like have a camera on me or something. If I want to make music, like you know, I've got whatever little things that I make music with. I got a little MPC and now an OP1, and just like all these random things. I just have my laptop. You don't really need any of that stuff. All you need is like yourself, really. But um, I I just, if I like feel it, I want to have it easily accessible for me to do. And if I'm not feeling it, then I ignore the inspiration and I just sort of do the things that are benefiting me the most immediately and that are the most helpful immediately. So that kind of comes down to discipline, not like motivation or inspiration. But when the other things feel the inspiration, I'll sort of like switch up and use that as my kind of like, like I'm clocked out today. I'm going to make a beat. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. And that's a great answer. Thank you. Yeah. Exactly. I,
0: I like how you bring up like um discipline versus inspiration but also like how you like make it easier on yourself to practice these things for example like by carrying the camera with you or however that may be like just incorporating more into the lifestyle i like that for sure
1: yeah i I definitely feel like i don't know like if if the first thing you see in your room is like your notebook and your pencil you are so much more likely (laughs) to like open it up than you are to open up your laptop you know what i mean you gotta like you gotta like cheat your own mind a little bit because it'll just be like no i want to watch this movie but you'll be like but but i want to draw too which one do you really want to do you probably really want to draw but
0: it's a little bit harder to start no i i love uh, that because i'm like in the process of resetting my room and my living situation so that i am more comfortable to like do art related things instead of like sitting on the couch and watching TV. So, Oh dude, that super is so cool.
1: Absolutely. Like, like I was having trouble like writing lore, like literally like last night. So I was like, all right, I'm getting out of my room. I'm going to go sit by the fire. Cause we're so blessed that we have a fireplace. I love fireplace. It's my favorite thing in the world. Anyway, just threw in like a two hour fire log, just sat there in the dark, just me and my laptop. And I like closed out of like my internet and stuff. And I just started like writing. <laughs>
0: Love that, love that. Um, but yeah, thanks for the questions, Arlo and Bubble. Those those are great. I have a question. Oh, Joe has a question. Yeah, what was um, what was your inspiration for making a Whiskers card game?
1: Ooh, the original card game. Yes, sir. Hmm. Okay, I think I think the initial inspiration. I I can't remember who I was talking to. I might have been talking to, like, Retro or someone. Um, He's in in the crowd. Love that guy. Shout out, Retro. Big shout out to Retro. Big shout out to Retro. Big shout out to Memory Card. I don't remember if I was talking to him or someone else, but, like, I've always been, like, a huge card game fan. Like, I... Oh, God. I I just love them all. The idea of trading cards, I just love it. Um, You know, the Whiskers card game is more like a party card game, not like a TCG. It's like, you get everything in deck. You play with the people around you. It's more like exploding kittens or unstable unicorns. but I wanted to create something that would be fun for people that would give us a way to distance ourselves um, in a healthy way from the kind of web 3 nft world as a whole and establish us as a business that can go and do both things um i think it's very important especially now and i think a lot of other projects are realizing this now um after like the market crash and stuff that you really need like as a company to survive you need alternative revenue streams than just nfts because as as it happens for most nft projects it's you know you get you live off your mint revenue which just becomes like a slow drain of your funds as you try and do more and more things um if your secondary you know market royalties aren't the best in the world or whatever those are your kind of two avenues your initial mint your secondary market or if you're doing decently it's your secondary market royalties plus your uh like if you did like a second collection or release like a small merch line or something like that um so a lot of the things i i wanted to do was to like most importantly i want to establish us as like a brand that can do things that can really like make stuff um and be successful doing so i want to bridge into a new market which you know phenomenal not only new customers new people interested in whiskers as a whole and like the whiskers world which only ends up helping like whiskers as a whole more interest more value more captured value helps the entire little ecosystem that is whiskers um and you know i wanted to do it in a way with something that i could be passionate about doing um and the card game was i think a really cool way because it's it's i've always loved card games like i think they are so so cool for whatever reason i think a lot of probably a lot of us have some kind of like nostalgia factor like attached to them and we just kind of like cards i just like cards i don't know so it was i i think that's a solid thing um not only that over like covid and even before i've seen like a lot of card games become wildly successful like you know i mentioned earlier like exploding kittens unstable unicorns so there's definitely like more of a market now i think than there was maybe 10 years ago uh on top of that you know it's just kind of like I th- it was the way that I could see forward for just kind of expanding the brand um, yeah I don't know I, I hope that makes sense and answers the question there
0: yeah for sure I think that was like really great and it's it's honestly seeing you do that has inspired me to like think of different ways about approaching like product creation when it comes to burrito down all the different things we could possibly do
1: oh absolutely burrito plushie went. i mean <laughs> yo
0: we need that asap i'd cuddle up with the burrito we were sure burritos but what's up ready ready
1: yo what up what up what up
2: everybody what's up man nothing much i actually had a a question for Rico himself.
1: You may speak, brother. All What's right.
2: up? So, <laughs> um, were you drawing whiskers before NFTs? And if you uh, weren't, what about them made you feel compelled to be like, "This is the character that I'm pursuing"?
1: Ooh, you know, actually, um, I had been pretty focused on photography for. I guess maybe the last few years photography and music were my main things and I hadn't really been drawing as much as I, I wish I had. So after, after like I helped Vinny out with letters a little bit, I was kind of like chilling for a little while. Didn't really have like any direction. I didn't really want to like my photography business. I was like, I I was just kind of burnt out from it, I guess. And I wanted to, I wanted to one, have something that I made for myself, but I also wanted to be able to like sustain myself. So I was like, all right, like, what are the things that I love in the world and how can I create something that other people I hope will resonate with? So I was like, okay, um, I'm going to create something that sort of captures, like, I I used to love like, I don't know, watching TV, like movies, animes, like D and D, like playing Pokemon, RPG games. Like, I guess it was my form of escapism or whatever, you know? And, and that can be a very healthy thing, can be unhealthy, but generally, like I had always good memories with those things, so I wanted to kind of make something like that that sort of had its own world that people could get lost in. um So I started making whiskers, and I came up with like a bunch of different ideas, and they all looked terrible. And then eventually, just randomly, I was drawn on a page, and I drew something, I was like, ooh, ooh, that might be the one. And then like a few drawings later, I had the first whisker he was a little robed whisker with like a little hood over his head and yeah i was like all right he's a koi fish and it's it's because i always loved koi fish I, I don't know i just i think koi fish are so cool man and i also love like the story of like a carp climbing up a waterfall becoming a dragon i think that is the coolest story in the world um so that, that was my main inspiration and then from there i kind of after I had like a base idea for what a, char- a character was, I wanted to be like, okay, but why character? You know, like, why does this exist? What What is a whisker? Like, where do they come from? Like, who are they? Like, whatever. So I wrote, you know, the main backstory that's been out, like, about the old wizard and casting this great spell and stuff and about, like, self-sacrifice and and all that. And I kind of, like, pulled from sort of, like, my own life experiences and, like, emotional attachments to things to write that. It was a very cathartic thing for me to do um, and a lot of people i think really liked it and I, it was also a really good way for me to get back into drawing which was something i really really wanted to do um, so i'm very glad i was able to you know draw the whiskers collection i'd actually never done digital art before drawing the whiskers collection or at least not like not really like i was a graphic designer but i never like had a tablet and a pen and was drawing and at first, like the first like maybe like quarter of the Whiskers collection, I just drew with like a trackpad on my laptop, and then I got a Wacom tablet, which is pretty cool. Um, and eventually, it took like seven months, but the whole Whiskers collection was done. Uh, yeah, and then, and then awesome. it became like sort of bringing that world to life more. And I'm, I'm that's why I'm so excited to drop this work because I, I ended up getting so busy with like business stuff that I had like so little time to like really write like the lore and I was so stressed about so many things. And now I feel like we're super like on track for getting things done with the card game. Like all the cards have like cute little flavor texts, like some things directly referencing places or events that happened in the whiskers world. Some of them like just sort of like little like tidbits of, of just that extra little bit of flavor, you know? So I, I think it's, I just think it's really cool. Um, and I'm so excited for you guys to like, see everything that i've been working on and then you're going to be like oh my god so this this guy came from this guy this person knew this person like blah 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 blah. it's like a big interwoven spider web of the lives of, of the world of and i can't wait to start talking about like the individual characters like really talking about some of the individual characters in that world um that exist and i want uh i don't know for anyone who was like actually around for the whiskers mint like around that time we had a sort of we had a cool little mint experience where you sort of came back to life as a whisker um, or were born as a whisker, sort of. Yeah. Like you saw this light, you answered these questions and you became a whisker. Um, Didn't actually affect the mint at all, but I think it was a very important thing because it sort of set the tone for the collection. And originally we had lots and lots of people writing like lore for whiskers, like writing about themselves, using their whiskers as a lens. And that's sort of exactly what I wanted to do. Um, And I think because, I think maybe because like, because of games like Pokemon and where you would play and it'd be like, you know, you are like red, you are blue or whatever, but you're also like yourself. You know what I mean? Um, it, it, it's, uh, yeah, you're playing as like this character and they're, you're going to get these eight badges and beat the Elite Four or whatever, but you're the one who's choosing if you go left right here or if you go right. You know what I mean? At least like to a degree. So I, I, I really like that. And I just kind of wanted to, be you able know, to create a place where eventually people can get fully immersed in it and lost in it in a good, beautiful way that they can also express themselves through. That's the that's the kind of goal of Whiskers. The, our North Star, we call it our North Star, is like memory creation and like sort of like experience and warmth, I guess. Maybe not maybe not warmth, but like uh emotional attachment and memory creation you know what i mean or emotional expression and memory creation that might be better to say yeah
2: that's that's so beautiful man i really (laughs) like no seriously because i think there are so many people that are like they see the appeal of web three and they see like nfts and creating these collections as like something where if they just like make it look nice or like cohesive in a way that they can just make like a lot of money and they don't often think of like the actual core of what they're trying to get across to people to make them care about and I tell people all the time like you're only going to see longevity from the projects that have like true creators and true artists at their forefront and like if it's just someone who's like kind of indifferent about it or they're like yeah I kind of just like stumbled into this and like I don't really like I don't really know, like, what I'm exactly doing or what. Like, I don't know. I just think that people don't think about, like, lore first and, like, creating something to, like, genuinely care about. And it's really refreshing to hear how much depth and how much love you put into Whiskers yourself because it's reaffirming. It, like, it makes, it gives us more confident about the sp- uh, confidence about the space that there are actually people who give a true, genuine shit here and they're really trying to create something that people will care about for the long term. And, and those are the projects that will actually end up sticking around.
1: That is definitely what I hope, man. That's why I'd be out here working. Plus, it's fun.
2: I I met a lot of cool people along the way. So I've had a great
1: time. Um, And it's also been, you know, one very humbling thing that people are like, damn, that's pretty cool. I like your stuff. I'm like, thanks. Uh, <laughs> and, and like, too, like, I I, you know, I created a sort of way for myself. Like, I just sort of like work every day and I'm happy to do so because it's something i genuinely enjoy and i I hope to be able to share that with other people um i think that's so cool i wish everyone would be able to do that or like could do that or did do that you know what i mean that's sick What, what more can you want out of life than just working on things you enjoy and talking to people you like and i don't know being able to like eat dinner every day you know what i mean I say, you know what I mean a lot,
2: but like, (laughs) no, that's it. I mean, I really like every day I feel myself straying further from wanting like luxury or like high end goods. And literally all I care about is just carving a little piece of stability out for myself to let me create until I die. And that's it. I don't really want like a crazy lifestyle or anything like too extravagant. I literally just want the, the stability to be myself and do the things that feel like they come naturally to me.
1: I totally feel that. Yeah, like my my life goals are relatively simple. I just want to do well enough that I can, you know, like eat out maybe like every day or something. I just like food; it's my favorite thing in the world. I have a decent little house. I have a dog. Maybe I have a family one day. I'll create all the things that I really just have the freedom to create like the things I want to create, and you know, really like create things, not like start something, give it up. Like really like see things through. I love. I best thing ever when you really like finish something or like see it through all the way to the end like good or bad like best feeling ever i just want to be able to do that and like hopefully be able to put like friends of mine in the position to do the same that's really all i want and i definitely want a dog maybe a cat but definitely a dog not a fish no i want a pond of koi fish
0: (laughs) i don't want to say okay okay
1: i don't i don't know i don't know i don't necessarily want a life of luxury but i would love a small koi fish pond (laughs) I
2: could build No, I, I dig want the a, I want a studio in my backyard and a small koi pond. That's it. <laughs> like that's what that's more it. do you need?
0: There's no such thing as a small koi pond, bro. Those fish get
2: big. They do they do get thick. I'll just get one. One giant koi that just roams the pond. I love that. That's I'll, no no, you gotta get cool him you things? gotta get him like at least a friend though. He
1: can't be alone. No, that's
2: true. I mean that's I'll, a I'll be a friend. But he does need a a buddy because there was this one time when I first moved to Brooklyn and I was walking through Prospect Park and going over this bridge. And while I was walking over it, there was this giant two foot koi fish that swam under the bridge that was just like shining gold. And I was like, this is a legendary Pokemon in real life (laughs) or the closest (laughs) I'll ever come to it. And I, I never saw it again after that. I was like, am I hallucinating? Like there was a giant two to three foot koi fish that was just swimming around in a, in a lake in Brooklyn.
1: That is a beautiful thing.
2: I love little stories like that. I think
1: that's so cool. I I think like the little moments in the world that you like kind of glimpse at it that you have like the ones that like, like some of those moments have such an ability to make an impact on you. Like I, I really feel like you could just see something small, good or bad, just something. And it could really change your entire approach to life. I think that's so, so interesting.
2: There was was one other time when I walked through Prospect Park, and from, like, (laughs) far away, I could hear, like, this weird, like, almost accordion thing playing, like, something from The Legend of Zelda. And, like, I keep walking, and I see this dude playing this instrument just, like, by himself, like, making this beautiful sound. And I look up in this tree, and there's a giant (laughs) just like looking down like with the music on and I'm like this is the legend of zelda and I'm walking up to an npc that's going to tell me something about a quest like that that's what's happening right now.
1: that is amazing that is truly amazing it's those little things man it really is it's not sometimes like like you could have like a whole life of struggle sometimes i really feel and just some sometime you might see just one little thing and it just made it all worth it i don't know it might not feel the same way about it tomorrow. You might be like, damn, my life still sucks or whatever. But like that one day that gave you that momentary relief. I don't know. Like little things mean a lot, man. Little things mean a lot.
0: No, they, they for real do. They really do. Um, but yeah, I think, um, unless I I think, uh, no one else has requested. So, um, I think we're probably good to wrap this up here soon, but yeah, Rico, thank you again for, uh, for sharing so much with us today. I, I appreciate it. Um, enjoyed just hearing you kind of talk about the things that inspire you and in your way of thinking. Uh, it's just, uh, it was a beautiful little conversation. So I really appreciate it. Glad you were able to join us this, this afternoon. Absolutely. Thanks so much for having me, man. I had a wonderful time cause I, I haven't
1: had, a, haven't done a
0: spaces in a little while. It's always yeah. good to like sort of get the thoughts out there. Absolutely. Bit. Absolutely. But appreciate you. Um, uh, Look forward to uh, all that you're going to do with Whiskers and just also in your own personal art career. And uh, can't wait to uh, get whooped by you in Smash Bros. again, maybe later <laughs> tonight or something. Oh, I'm about, I'm about to hop on. I saw, I saw in the
1: group chat I was popping a little bit. I was like, do you want to play? I was like, well...
0: I might i might be down. We have to we got to do the mirror match tonight if we get on. So. I I am down. I am absolutely. Down. But sweet we're going to wrap this up. Thank you everyone for being here and uh we do record these spaces and and upload a little recap to YouTube. So if you did miss uh some of Rico's interview today, it'll we'll have it uploaded at some point. You can go back and listen to it or even if you just want to revisit for inspiration or anything like that, we've got a lot of other interviews uploaded on our YouTube and stuff. So um we, we really want these interviews and things to be something that's around for a long time that we can reference and kind of go back to because it's important that this stuff lives outside of Twitter too um, because this is kind of a vacuum of information sometimes and so we want to have lots of places for people to get this stuff. So um, yeah, we've had a lot of other great artists on and, and Rico is just the, the, the one we had on today. And so uh, definitely if you're interested, check out our YouTube, listen to some other interviews because we're always talking to really cool people. But Thanks again, Rico. really appreciate you and um, probably wrap this up.
1: Appreciate you for having me. And thank you, everyone, for giving us your time and
0: attention. Absolutely. Thank you. Oh, Heart, not the last <laughs> face. Uh, they're too <laughs> close together, man. They need to move that. I'm always laughing instead of throwing hearts. I, it's, it's a struggle, man. I'm fat no, fingers. <laughs> All right. Thanks, everybody.